Hello, mama. I hope your day is just fantastic. I know over here in Southern California, it's starting to warm up a little bit. It's a little weird though, because it's like very cold in the morning and like drizzly almost every morning. And then it gets to like 80 degrees in the afternoon. So I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> I have to wear like two completely different outfits. But hey, I'm uh, not sad about a little bit of sunshine because I'm just ready to, ready for summer. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Childcare, figuring that whole thing out is a whole other, whole other, a whole other thing we're just entering but uh, it's going to be so great just to get some more sunshine and water play and it's going to be great. So I can't wait. I hope you, whatever season you're in, where you live, I know so many of you live across the world. So uh, sometimes it's opposite. Uh, Like Lauren, who runs our Facebook group, uh, I think it's turning into fall or winter in New Zealand. So that's just you know, completely opposite. So, (laughs) but wherever it is, I hope you're enjoying the season, right? Whatever it is. I was just thinking the other day, like it's so important for us to know what season it is. This could be a whole other podcast episode. Maybe it will be. Um, but just to know what season it is so that we know what to wear. And I'm not just talking about our clothes, right? Like we got to know what season we're in with motherhood because we need to know what to expect, how to face the day. And yeah, I'm not going to go too much into that because I should do another episode on that. But I was just reflecting on that. So speaking of seasons, (laughs) but anyways, um, I'm excited to continue our episode today on how to help your kids process their childhood while they are in the middle of it. And I'm just excited to share just some ideas I've thought through about how we can just help our kids be emotionally healthy and um, not need years and decades of therapy. And maybe they still need some therapy, but that's okay. So make sure you go and tune into the last episode and we're going to finish it up today. Um, but before I jump in, hey, just make sure you are in our Facebook group. I am working on all kinds of new things for us and I'm so excited. I don't have any release dates yet, but I have all kinds of one specific project that I think you'll be excited about and then some other just exciting things that I want to implement in this space because I just, you know, kind of since I launched the podcast, it's just kind of been trying to keep up with it. Right. And now I have a little bit of extra work time each week. And so I'm able to kind of think through what else it could be, where else we could go, how else we could, um, how I, how I could support you better, how we can be more of a community. And so just make sure you're in the Facebook group so you can hear all of the updates as they come. Um, I'm sure I'll do some announcements on the podcast too, but the Facebook group is a great place for that. You can go and find it by searching in Facebook for Morning Mama Collective. And I would just love to see you over there and um, just always encourages me hearing your comments and uh, knowing your story. And I just love to see how God is at work um, on the other side of this microphone. So would love to see you over there. You can also find the link in the show notes if you want to click it. But I think it's time to jump into today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. 
All right, mama, I'm so excited to continue this conversation with you of how we can help our kids be emotionally healthy and process their imperfect childhood while they are in the middle of it. And I hope you'll make sure, like I said, and go back and listen to the previous episode to get all that we unpacked. And we talked about how therapy is not bad. It's okay that our kids would want to go, but how can we help them while they're in our care process and work through this without having to have confrontational conversations decades later, which again, might still happen because we're imperfect, but but what could we do? So we talked through, um, number one was apologize. Number two is talk about our humanity and sin and just like theirs. And then number three kind of tags on this. And I kind of already shared a little bit about it. I kind of jumped the gun a little bit in the last episode, but the third one is how can, is that we would help them process the hard moments that we would do that with them. So after a hard moment happens, right? We apologize. We talk about it and then we process it with them, especially when it was about our sin. And we say, okay, what was that like for you when mommy was angry? How did that feel for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense that it hurts you. That's what sin does, you know, and I'm so sorry. I need to keep help asking Jesus to help me with my sin. And I have asked him to forgive me. And, you know, I'm so sorry that that's how you felt. And I never want you to feel that way. Um, and, and just helping them create that space. Um, we might even need to help them find words. So, you know, maybe they're saying like, I didn't like it when mommy yelled, you know, and they don't, they don't really know what they were feeling. And so helping name that for them. Um, you know, I know a lot of people can use like simple ones, like felt sad, you felt hurt. Um, but also, you know, especially if you're familiar with restoration theory and you've dove into the four steps and the pain cycle, then you have a little bit more language to be able to articulate what they might be feeling. So you could say, Oh, did you feel alone? I wonder if you felt alone. I wonder if you felt like you weren't good enough because mommy yelled at you that you weren't putting your shoes on fast enough. (laughs) Most of the time I don't do that. I just think it's a perfect example because so many of us, it's in those moments when we're in a rush, we're trying to get out the door. That's often, I think, uh, for many of us, when the slip ups happen, when we're frustrated, irritated, angry, um, because we need to be somewhere and it's taking a long time and we didn't plan well for it, you know, and, and what I mean by plan well is create margin. So our kids like can, can take an extra minute to put on their shoes because they get distracted or because they're learning how to do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, and don't worry, I'm not constantly berating my children for putting the shoes on slowly. Um, but that, that has maybe been times where I get frustrated. So that's where that example keeps coming from. But, you know, helping name that, like, did you feel like you weren't good enough? Um, and when we do this, it's, it's a beautiful thing that we get to do. I've talked about this a few times, just helping them walk through their four steps. And again, this is all talking about restoration theory. Go back to episodes 15 through 20, or if you really want to go deep into it, the Academy is the spot for you. I would love to help you develop your pain and your peace cycles and help you walk that out in every relationship of your life, yourself, your kids, your husband, um, process the past. Um, yeah. So that's where, that's where you can go deep with it. But you know, when we can help our kids identify, like I felt alone, I felt not good enough. I felt unworthy. Um, and, and this is going to have to be language that we give them because they don't know this, right? They don't know that. And we might even have to help define things like that. I think they can understand things like not good enough or alone. Um, but unworthy, you know, if we, if, 
we want to use that word, um, helping them define that and, and just trying to help name what might be going on for them because then we can speak truth into them. And that's part of the four steps. And that's what we can use that not only with ourselves, but also with, also with our kids in that we, we help speak truth that goes directly into the pain that they're feeling. And so if we know they're not feeling good enough, we know better what to say, right? In our processing, we say, okay, you felt not good enough. Oh, do you know what the truth is? Okay, now that's what you felt. And when you felt not good enough, this is what you did. But what is the truth? And we can see if they know. And hopefully they'll say like, oh, I know that I'm I'm good enough. I know that I'm more than, more than enough. I know that God made me good, right? But sometimes they don't have the language for that or they're dysregulated and they need our help to speak that into their lives and speak that over them. And so that's when we have the opportunity to say, oh man, you felt that way man, okay, well, that is not true. Did you know that? Like you are more than enough. Even when you make mistakes, God makes you, made you good. You are more than enough, right? Or you're never alone. Like even, even when mommy is angry, it's, I, you are never alone. God is with you. And I love you all the time. Uh, maybe unloved is what they felt, right? So naming that specific emotion can help us have the language that they need. It's going to give us the language they need that we need to speak into them. And so it's going to be, we can speak any, anything good is good to speak over them, but it's even more powerful when we can speak specifically to the lie that they are struggling with. And so this is how we can help them process, talk about those moments. And this also can be how we help them process their moments when they mess up. Right. And really you know, I, I mentioned this in the last episode, those moments of discipline and this very specific like route, uh, path, uh, routine that I go through in a moment of discipline. And we walk through these steps. We help them talk about what they were feeling. How, how did that lead to the action they took when they hit their sister or they disobeyed or whatever it was? And then what's the truth about that? What is the truth about how they felt that lie that they were listening to? And so that, that is going to help them. And then, and then the fourth step of course is what is the action they're going to do instead? So instead of hitting your sister, when you feel alone, when you remember that you're never alone, what are you going to do instead? And so then we help them have those like, uh, tangible, not tangible, but, uh, practical steps that they can take in order to get out of that, in order to to deal with it. And so, and this is something you're going to have to go through again and again and again and again and again and again and again. I'm going to keep saying it because I want to emphasize that because here's the thing with adults, like what students in my academy, myself for that matter, like it has taken decades of me doing my four steps, which is what I just walked you through. It's name what you feel, name what you would usually do, name the truth and name what you're going to do instead. Those are the four steps. They're very simple, but they literally rewire your brain. But but when we, when I've done that, it's taken me years to get to a place where that is automatic. And I still, it's not always automatic. I still have to fight through it. And so if for adults, we're having to repeat that. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> when I'm feeling hurt, I don't yell at my husband. I ask him for a hug. Right, right. That's what I need to do, right? So we're going to have to repeat this with our kids again and again and again and again. Yeah, you got the point. 
(laughs) So don't feel like it's not soaking in if you keep having these moments. This is just how we learn. Our brain needs that repetition. You're forming, you're help forming and strengthening a neural pathway in their brain to help them have a new way of, of dealing with those moments, that pain when it comes up. And so this is how we can process. We can process on our side in terms of ownership. And and when we walk through our four steps in front of them, that's super powerful because they're they're seeing what that looks like and and, and we're modeling it for them. And and again, if you don't have all the pain peace cycle stuff, you don't have to do it through that lens. I do think it's powerful, but you can also just talk about it. Like talk about what you're feeling. Talk about how you were in sin and made a mistake. Talk about the truth, right? talk through that or for them, you know, it can go either side, but creating the space for these moments can be so powerful to help our kids know how to handle moments of sin, of mistakes, of pain. When someone else hurts them, they know what to do. And so we want to just create this space for them to share their feelings and feel like it's safe. feel like it's safe to say, yeah, when you yelled at me, you hurt me, mommy. Like, gosh, if you've never heard your kids say that, it hurts so bad when they say that, but it's so powerful for them to be able to say that. They need that space to be able to talk about that. And like, not only are we going to prevent them from this like buildup of pain, right? Because we're processing as we go, processing as we go. Um, It's like, like completing the cycle, right? Instead of like all these unanswered questions, all these unanswered moments of pain, now they, they complete the circle, they understand why the pain happened. They understand what's going on. They get healing for it as they go. And we're going to miss moments for sure. That's why I keep saying like they still might need therapy, <laughs> but we're, we're helping them like helping prevent that buildup, right? It's just like when you clean more often, it doesn't get like so nasty so that when you clean, it's just awful. And you're like, oh my gosh, I need 800 cleaning supplies that are full of toxins because my natural cleaning supplies will never get this. Right. And so (laughs) if we can help prevent that buildup and we're just doing these regular cleanings, regular cleanings, like multiple times a day, if we can, it's really going to help create the, prevent the buildup and create these, these habits in them, these abilities in them, this emotional intelligence in them. And we are going to be more connected with them. I mean, if you think about it, that's creating such healthy safety in your relationship with them that they can talk about what they're feeling, even as a child. And so we want to be able to create this space for them. Okay. I'm sure there's more to say on that, but we're going to move on to number four. And this is to tell them stories of your own youth. Now, before I became a parent, I remember hearing like kind of controversy, if you will, on this of like, should I share things with my kids? And I don't know. I don't know if I want them to know about the mistakes that I made. And now I am still in the early phases of this, right? My oldest is four. And so (laughs) like, there's not some of the bigger, darker stories that I have shared with them. And I, you know, I'll have to figure out what that looks like as they get older and how much I want to share and what that looks like. But I can already see the power in this. And so I do believe there is a really powerful place for this to be in your parenting where you're sharing your mistakes with your kids. And again, you're going to need to use wisdom and discretion and let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you in terms of when to share things and how to share things and what things to share and maybe not everything needs to be shared, but ultimately like telling them stories of when you made mistakes in your past 
and how that hurts you and then how you overcame that. Gosh, there's like almost nothing more powerful. I mean, just in general, we know stories are so powerful, like in terms of learning, right? Even looking at the Bible, the Bible's full of stories. And so we know just, just that component, but when it's about your parent and it's about them messing up, like, gosh, I just know those, those kids ears are so in tune, right? Cause all the time we're like helping them learn how to behave well. And so it's constantly on them. What are they doing wrong? Focused on them, them. And again, like, you know, we're talking about how we can take ownership for our own stuff too. And that should come, but ultimately they're probably going to, who knows, maybe it depends on the season, but most likely mess up more than we will in a day because they're young. They're still learning. They don't know, uh, how to behave as well. And so ultimately we are, are, probably going to be more focused on them. And so when we can share these little windows into our past, these little windows into how we made mistakes, how we got consequences for those mistakes, like, gosh, there's just so much power in that one. One just in that, like the freedom to mess up, the freedom to make mistakes. And it kind of goes back to some of the things we were already talking about, but I think so many of us have these images, some people are the opposite, but some of us have the images of our parents. We put on a pedestal. We say they're perfect. They have not made mistakes. Look at them. They can do all things well, like, wow. Right. But ultimately that is unhealthy. And actually that's like not from God because our parents are not perfect. And that's even idolizing them in some ways. And so we need to move away from that. And we want to make sure our kids don't see us that way. Like we want them to honor us. We want them to look up to us in terms of seeking us for wisdom and guidance, but we never want them to think we're perfect. That is very destructive in in many ways. And I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, but ultimately we want to create more and more reality for them. And again, more like progressively slowly as they get older, more reality for them to help them see we are not perfect. And we for sure were not in our past as strong as we are now, right? To help them see some of our growing up, the the growing pains we experienced, some of the mistakes we made and how we stumbled. You know, and I think I shared this recently on the podcast, but I, one of my favorite stories I share with my son is that we call it the graham cracker story. And my son will often ask for me to share the graham cracker story. And if you haven't heard me share it, basically, I remember when I was a kid, I was driving in the car with my family. We had like a three, three row car. And somehow I got like my hands on a whole pack of graham crackers and it just was great. And I was eating the graham crackers and my brother asked for one and I ended up like, throwing it at him instead of handing it to him, you know, (laughs) I think I was in elementary school. I don't really remember the details, but I remember my mom saying, Brittany, did you just throw that graham cracker at your brother? And I lied in that moment. And I said, no, no, mom, I handed it to him. And, and I remember this so distinctly and I got away with it. Like she said, okay. And we moved on. And I remember for the rest of that day, I felt sick to my stomach and I could not move past it. The Holy Spirit was convicting me. I didn't know what that was at the time, but that's what was happening. And so I just felt so sick. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And later that day, I went to my mom and I said, mom, I'm sorry, but I lied to you. Like I did throw the graham cracker at my brother. And I, I, it was so freeing to share that with my mom and to, to bring it 
bring the truth out and to confess it. And it was so powerful. And so I've shared this story with my son because I want him to be able to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit when the vo- when that is convicting him. I want him to look at the power of bringing the truth and confessing. I want him to know like that I've made mistakes, that I went through learning that, yeah, we have a choice to lie or not to lie, but like this is what lying does. Um, and, and not just lying, but any kind of sin. And so I, I've shared that with him even, I don't know, probably starting around two or three, probably more around three I don't remember, but you know, he now loves that story and wants me to tell it all the time because I think he just sees himself in it and he sees like, okay, my mom isn't perfect and she's working through this too. And, and she was learning as a kid, like, right. There's so much power. I already kind of went through all of that. There's so much power in that. So make sure you're like thinking through those stories you remember from being a kid. And it doesn't even have to have a perfect ending. You can even just share like, Hey, you know, I struggled with this and here are all of the ways that it affected me. Here are the the natural consequences that came from it. Here's how I felt during that time. Here's how it hurt my relationships, right? And just talking through kind of the impact you saw of that sin in your life. And And then too, you can talk about like, Hey, here is how I got through it. Eventually. Like, I wish I would have known this sooner, you know, and you're going to have to go through your own journey, but I, this is eventually like God helped me see that I needed to do X, Y, Z. And he brought in this person in my life and whatever it is, right. And talking them through how you have been able to grow out of that. Or if it's something like you're still struggling with, like maybe it's overeating, right? Like, and you're saying, I, I have struggled with this. Here is what it's, how it's shown up in my life. And I've realized like, it's connected to my emotions. And when I'm not feeling good about myself, I, I end up eating because I don't feel good. And, and this is how it's kind of played out in my life. And you know what? I'm still not perfect at it. Like, but God has shown me that when I feel this way, this is what I need to do. I need to go to him and I need to talk to him and I need to confess when I mess up instead of just going into shame and continuing this. Right. And like, you're just talking them through what that looks like. You're showing them that humanity again and, and helping them just have like a story that's going to stick with their heart, um, of knowing what it looks like to be a human and to try and follow God in the midst of our sin behaviors that just are not going to completely go away until we get to heaven. So what stories do you have? Like what stories can you share with your kids that are age appropriate and that can help them just kind of not feel alone in navigating this whole growing up thing? The only thing I would caution you on is just to make sure as you are sharing your stories that you're doing it really from a place of humility. Like I think the temptation could be to paint ourselves as like just amazing and perfect. And like you share a moment of sin, but like, oh, right away I went to God and, or like share a story where you did really well and you just had a minor mistake, but like like make sure you're doing it in a way that they can connect to your humanity, not just connect to your solution and how fast you got to the solution. Like we don't want to, um, you know, make them feel like, oh, they have to live up to this. We want to help them to see, see themselves in the story, see themselves in our struggle. Make sure you're talking enough about the struggle and not, not just about the solution, because I think that actually can kind of turn people off 
turn our kids off and, and kind of separate ourselves from them because they feel like, oh gosh, even in this, I'm not good enough. And here's proof or, or it triggers them or whatever it is like. And so, so making sure to not, uh, separate it by focusing too much on the good thing that we did in all of it. But we do want to share that. That's good too, because we want to help them like be like, hey, this is what I did to do it. And then maybe they're going to want to follow that path too. Okay. The next thing, the last thing that I have for you today is number five is be with them in the emotions, even if you want to teach them something different. Now, in all honesty, I'm kind of still working this one out, but it's something that God has just kind of been showing me lately. Um, so let me give you an example of this to start off with. So <laughs> My kids are just terrified of bugs right now. I don't know if it's just the age or if they have, if I pass that down to them, I don't know. But then when a bug gets in the house, there is like full blown meltdowns. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. And so that has been my response is like, okay, suck it up. It's fine. Guys, just chill out. Like all you got to do is this. I try and like stay calm and like, okay, right. I try and try and be tough. Okay, but really, I still have a fear of bugs a little bit. <laughs> Not like that. I really have come very far in my fear of bugs, and I do know how to calmly handle a bug situation. Now, <laughs> unless it's flying right at me, then I just lose all control. But, <laughs> but most of the time, I can handle it. I can stay calm, get a, get a shoe, get a paper towel, get a cup, like whatever the situation calls for. I can handle it without screaming and running around like a little girl. Okay. (laughs) But what happens when my kids get scared of bugs is it triggers me. I'm like, no, I do not want them to be scared. They're really, you're going to freak out about a little bug. Right. And so I, (laughs) speaking of bugs, there's like a gnat flying at me and I saw the corner of my eye. I'm like, ah, there's a bug flying at me. Okay. Um, So I want them to be tough. I don't want them to be scared of bugs. I don't want them to be scared of bugs like I have been. Like, you know, I definitely in the past was so scared of bugs, you know, like have to have someone else kill it, like could not handle my situation. And so because I want them to be tough, I would only present that side of me where I was like, guys, you need to chill. You're going to be fine, right? Just trying to talk them through the brave part of it all. But I realized God kind of just whispered into me the other day, like, Hey, the way to help make them brave is not to dismiss their emotions, but to acknowledge them. It's kind of like the stories we just told, right? The way to help our kids get to the place where they're making the good choices is to acknowledge the struggle, acknowledge the temptations, the sin behavior, and, and let them know that's normal. And then from there, we help them grow from it. And so I realized like a far better approach would be like, Hey guys, you know, I used to really struggle with bugs. Like I used to really be scared of it, but you know what I learned over the years? I learned that if I just stay calm, most of them can't hurt me. And if I stay calm, I can handle the situation. And you know what I do is I remind myself that God's got me. I remind myself of how small they are and how big I am. And I go and I find a paper towel or a shoe and I just go and I choose to be brave and I get that bug and I, whatever. Right. And so I, instead of saying like, you don't need to feel that way. I say me too. 
here's how, and then here's how I got out of it, right? And you want a little little pause in between those. You don't say me too. Here's what you do. Like you can sit on the me too for a minute and then we go to here's how I got out of it. And so I think this can apply to so many different things. Like when we want our kids to be outgoing and to have conversations with people, like I think, you know, it can be so easy to just be like, you shouldn't be shy. Why are you scared? Like, just go. When most of us have had moments where we've been shy, you know, maybe, maybe you have more of an outgoing personality and so you haven't fully experienced that, but have you ever had a time when you were afraid? Like, did you ever feel intimidated by maybe it was an interview or someone that you just really respected? Like whatever it was, have you ever felt that? Cause I think all of us at some point have felt that. And so we acknowledge that like, Hey, it can feel scary meeting new people. Sometimes it can, it can really make us feel like we're small and we don't know what to do. And, you know, you could say like, I felt that before when I was meeting someone new or whatever your story would be. And then we say like, yeah, and I, I used to just not want to talk to people and I would just hide kind of like you. And then you say like, yeah, but you know, I've, as God has helped me, like r- remind me that I'm good enough and I don't have to be scared because God's made me good and I can be brave. And so now when I meet someone new, I don't always love it. Sometimes I feel a little bit like I don't know what to do or say, but you know what? I just smile and I meet them and I tell them my name and I I talk to them and actually I find that I really enjoy being with them and I've made a lot of great friends that way, right? And so you just kind of talk them through that. Like, what does that look like? What does it feel like? Be with them in the emotions, but just teach them how to get out of that. Like, don't just shove the emotion away. Like it's there and if we don't acknowledge it, it's just going to grow, right? It's just like stuff in our lives that we need to process. If we don't acknowledge it and deal with it, it just grows and grows and grows until it's so out of control that it comes out without us wanting it to. And so we need to do the same thing with our kids. We acknowledge what they're feeling. We acknowledge those fears and the struggles and we, we join them in that and talk about how maybe we've experienced something similar. So they know that they're not alone in that. And then we show them how to walk out of that. We show them how to pray. Like my daughter was, she usually, she gets, she gets pretty shy sometimes when she first meets someone or even when she hasn't seen them in a minute. Oh, but usually when she goes into church, she's fine. But the other day she just was freaking out, like just crying. And, you know, she's past like that baby stage where, you know, cause as a baby, sometimes you just have to drop them off and walk out the door. And I almost did that. Cause that's what I do. You know, when it's like an eight month old and you really can't reason with them, the more you hug them, the more they're going to cry when you walk out again. So it doesn't really work. But I realized when I was about to leave, I was like, no, she's, she's old enough. I actually need to talk her through this. And so I pulled her aside and I sat down with her for a minute, even though I'm like running late for church now, which really ultimately is my fault because I didn't leave enough margin for these kind of moments to happen. And so when we're planning with our kids, we need to know that we need extra margin for these kind of things. But, you know, I sat down with her and I said, okay, like, talk to me. What are you feeling a little bit nervous right now? Are you feeling a little bit scared? Like, tell me about that. And then I, I just gave her space to talk about it. She didn't really want to talk about it. So I just tried to like name what I thought maybe she was feeling and like, are you nervous to be around the other kids and be with the teachers that you don't know very well? And, you know, she nodded and I said, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I can feel that way sometimes, but Hey, like, what do we do when we're scared? Do you remember? Do you remember what we, what we need to remember? And, you know, she wouldn't really say it. Usually I can get her to say like, 
I don't need to be afraid because God is always with me. And she'll usually like in a small moment, moment of fear, be able to say that. And then it makes her brave. But this moment she was just deep in it. And so she wouldn't say it. And so I was like, just trying to help her think through it. I'm like, okay, well the other little boy's kind of crying too. What would you say to him if he feels afraid and she still wouldn't say it. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me tell you then. Remember, you don't ever have to be afraid because God is always with you. He's right there comforting you. He's right there making you strong. And mommy is here too. I'm not going far and I won't be gone for long. And just, I just talked her through it. I could see that she was kind of coming out of it. She was kind of getting regulated and feeling brave again. And then I just said, Hey, do you want me to pray for you before I go, before I drop you off? So I'm like telling her, this is what's happening. I'm about to drop you off again. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to drop you off. But before I drop you off, would you like me to pray for you? And she said, yes. And so I prayed with her and just prayed that God would comfort her and make her strong and brave. And after that, she went right in. And she was fine. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, God. <laughs> now it's not always going to be that perfect and clean. Like there might still be a moment where you, they're crying and you got to walk away and know that they're going to be okay and know that the teachers will call you if they're not okay. But ultimately, like I just realized, and this is how, why we need to parent with the Holy Spirit is because he's going to show us where we need to lean in, where we need to be more firm or where we need to lean in. And ultimately, like I, that's how the Holy Spirit led me in that day. And so I'm, I'm just becoming more and more aware of those moments because I I want my kids to be strong and I want to be firm. And I do think those are important things, but there's also a moment to lean in and there's a moment to slow down and there's a moment to acknowledge the feelings. And we just got to make sure that we don't miss those and we're going to miss some and that's okay. But just to try and grow in our awareness of them and know what to do with them, that we don't have to just sit in them, but we also don't have to just be strong. Like let's do both. Okay, so I hope all of these things, um, so we have apologize, talk with you about your humanity and sin with your kids, process the hard moments with them, tell them stories of your own childhood, and then be with them the be with them in the emotions as you want to teach them something else. Those are the things that we can do just to help our kids be emotionally healthy and help them process as they are growing up. So let me just pray for you. I know this is gonna be worked out imperfectly. Don't expect it to be perfect. Don't expect it to always go well, but we're just moving in this direction. Let me pray. God, I just thank you for being a mother. God, I thank you for these kids that you've trusted us with. God, I thank you for guiding and leading us, God, as we grew up and as we're still growing up. God, thank you that you're with us in the middle of all of it, God. And you're so patient with us and loving with us and just help us walk through the hard stuff without making us feel bad about how we're feeling, God. And so I just pray that you would give us the strength to to be that for our kids, that we would be the safe space that they can go to and talk to. And they they could know that, that we are safe to talk about the hard things with. And we would, God, just, we would show them that, um, that is who we are to them. And then we would also, you would give us wisdom about how to lean in and show them strength and show them solutions and help them problem solve their own solutions, God. So thank you, God, that uh, we don't have to be perfect, God, that you are perfect. And so we never have to be. So I just pray for every mama listening, God, that she would feel inspired and equipped, God. And you would also just help her to remember grace, (laughs) grace for herself, grace for her kids, God, um, and just help her just to have the courage to try some new things. And Holy Spirit, just speak loudly to all of us, God, that we would hear your voice about how these kids need to be parented and that we could be able to follow your direction in everything that we're doing. God, we love you and we thank you for this beautiful life you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Love you, Mama. If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.